Hi, and welcome to this episode of the Headphones On Podcast. I'm Dina. Today I'm going to talk about Iraq and the colonial experience, maintaining culture and meaning after colonization and war. Like all previous episodes, there is a corresponding playlist to this podcast. Unlike other episodes, I'm going to ask you to pause the podcast at certain parts to play the track that I'm discussing. Once the song is over, you can start the podcast up again, or you can play it in the background as I'm discussing the song. Iraq plays an important role in my life as it is the nation of my parents' birth. Aside from my personal history to this great land and culture, Iraq is significant in human history for its contributions to the arts, sciences, maths, among other achievements. In this exercise, I'm going through a brief part of Iraq's musical history to understand its current state and to see how far colonialism has affected it and the culture. Let's start off with the first song on the playlist. Mullah Abdul Sahib, Ya Yumma Wiya Baba. This song was a recording made in the mid-20s by the English Gramophone Company, which had its European employees travel to Iraq during this time and check out the venues, record shops, and other things of cultural importance. The Gramophone Company have recorded over thousands of songs while in Iraq. A few of these songs have been released on the English label Honest John's a few years ago. The compilation album entitled Give Me Love, Songs of the Brokenhearted, Baghdad, showcases various artists from the 20s singing in a wide array of styles. Abdul Sahib's track is a folk song with traditional musical instrumentation. Folk songs, or in this case, maqam, are commonly found in villages and sung during various occasions. The instrumentation is what we would consider pre-colonial in that there are no typical string instruments. What sounds similar to a bagpipe is heard in the background and called azurna. Hand drums are also being played to keep time and rhythm. Abdul Sahib's style of vocalization and repetition is folk in that there are simple instruments along with his repeating lyrics. This type of maqam is also similar vocally and instrumentally to songs from regions of Kurdistan, Turkey, and other neighboring countries that, like Iraq, were under Ottoman rule. Iraq as we know it today was created post-World War I by Britain when they combined three Ottoman provinces, what is today Baghdad, al-Basra, and Mosul. Iraq gained independence from Britain in 1932. During the 20s, Iraqi music began to include violins, which happened to appear during this British occupation. Here you begin to see the changes brought on by imperialism, however unseemingly slight. Next song, Yusuf Amar, Minna Kya Asmar. Another song in the Maqam style is Minna Kya Asmar. Again, Maqam is a style of music that is sung across Swana, each region having differing musical rules and instruments. It's a rich musical genre that can be sung for religious purposes or sung for social events such as weddings, funerals, celebrations, and so on. The lyrics are usually not original, but folk songs, although lyrics can be and are changed on the fly to accommodate the occasion or event. In this particular song, we hear the instruments santor, a lap guitar played with curved metal mezrabs or mallets. This instrument has its origins in Iranian Mesopotamia and Assyria. Joza, a small coconut-shaped string instrument that carries a tinny sound. Dumbuk, hand instrument with symbols around the perimeter, and tabla, or hand drum. 
The maqam is a song that repeats in melody, vocals, and lyrics, which differentiates Iraqi maqam from other maqams of neighboring countries that utilize instrumentation only. Omar is singing this song during the 1970s, which indicates that he's carrying on the rich musical traditions and vocalizations of Iraq without foreign influence. On the other side of the 1970s is Ilham al-Madfa'i, Mali Shaghal. Al-Madfa'i is an Iraqi composer, singer, and guitarist. Al-Madfa'i went to England to study engineering and would play at Baghdad Cafe where he met a few of the Beatles. His time here and his love of the guitar would impact his musical stylings forever. When he came back to Iraq, he mixed the Western instruments with traditional Eastern instruments and scales to create a new sound. Al-Madfa'i is also responsible for forming Iraq's first rock and roll band in 1961 called The Twisters. This song, Mali Shughal, highlights how Al-Madfa'i's guitar and bass give the song a softness and tenderness that aids in the melancholy style of his singing. The lyrics of this track are not by him and have been sung by many other Iraqi artists. The similarities between Al-Madfa'i and the others are the inclusion of traditional instruments. The difference, though, is the bass, guitar, and Al-Madfa'i's gorgeous vocals. The lyrics are discussing longing, love, and sadness, and not being able to be with somebody that you care about. Again, you find the importance of lyrics, layered meanings, and also using regional sayings, dialects, and folklore within the song, tying the past to the present with the addition of new instruments. Haifa Sangana discusses this in her article, Iraqi Resistance Has Its Song, stating, quote, Poetry and music are both highly regarded by Iraqis, unquote. Although Al-Madfa'i included traditional folk stories and instruments, he had trouble with the new leader of the Ba'ath party, Saddam Hussein. He left Iraq after Hussein's rise in 1979. Upon returning after the Gulf War, he was barred from leaving the country. He left Iraq to reside in Jordan in 1994, where he still resides today. Moving into the 90s, we have Qadim al-Sahar, song Zidini Ashqan. This song and many other songs of Asahar has lyrics by the Syrian poet Nizar Qabani and is sung in Fusha, which is the official Arabic used across Swana nations. You can hear the European influence of musical instruments with the inclusion of strings that play alongside the traditional Iraqi instruments. The musical arrangement also follows a more formal sound that can be appreciated in non-Iraqi spaces. While I enjoy this song and Asahar very much, I can't help but feel the song is attempting to only highlight the more refined aspects of Iraqi music, playing along with the tired spiel of the West being the marker for refined society. This video doesn't portray Iraqi culture either. Instead, it focuses on lo the love story found within the lyrics. The imagery feels very Eurocentric due to the video setting, which is the woods, shots of horse stables and horses, and the leading coast are having very European features. Sahar's music videos from this time period all follow this formula. Arab-driven lyrics and music, some European influences, but all the imagery is Eurocentric and pro-West, with rarely anything Iraqi represented besides Sahar himself. Another song from Sahar is Baghdad, Kathura al-Hadith. In this song, Sahar is backed again by a large orchestra, which includes mainly Eastern instruments. Some Westerns are present as well. The lyrics are sung again in Fusha, and sounds like he is describing a woman he loves. It is not until the end that you realize he is singing about Baghdad, 
not describing a woman, but describing the love that he has for the city and how the city's women, or really the citizens, are varying in appearance and not homogeneous as the media has portrayed them to be. He's bringing the narrative back to national pride and pride for its people and its rich and diverse history. Sahar's musical stylings mix his Eastern roots and heritage with some Western elements. I feel that he is not forgoing his culture, but bridging the past and future beautifully. Similar to Agawu's argument in representing Africa, Iraq's struggle with colonialism and war is not its only reality. And to deny the way in which the violin, for example, enhances a song that Sahir sings is trying to prevent a culture from seeing its potential. This along with not sweeping musical and vocal traditions under the rug, but having room for all ways in which Iraqi artists can express themselves. Lastly, we talk about a very specific type of regional singing. The song is Sajida Ubaid's Al Hacha, performed in Switzerland in 2015. Sajida Ubaid is a singer from southern Iraq. Her style of singing is known as colloquially as Kaulia singing, as well as her being known as a wedding singer. This video is of Arbaid singing at a gypsy festival in Switzerland in 2015, as Kauliyas are described as Iraqi gypsies. This festival celebrates minorities from various countries who consider themselves such through showcasing their music, dance, and traditional attire. Here, Arbaid is singing Al Hecha. Hecha is a dance that is performed by Ibrahim and can also be performed to other Iraqi songs if the beat is suitable, as there is not Kauliya music, but rather describes the ethnic minority and the style of dancing that is found in this region. I will forgo discussing the cultural implications of Kauliya or what it is like to be from that region as I have no experience and will instead discuss the connection of the dancer to the singer and how the war has opened up a window for the rest of the world to discover the dance and how that has impacted the culture. As you're watching the video clip of the performance, note the connection between Abed and Ibrahim. As Ibrahim is dancing, she connects with Arbaid at varying times throughout her performance. This connection is very personal because Ibrahim is an Iraqi woman from the southern region where Kauliyas are from, as is Arbaid. Both women are performing their cultural traditions and they connect it on that level. Just like in jazz when musicians pay attention to one another, the singer, dancer, and the musicians are all alert of the other. After Operation Iraqi Freedom and the growth and accessibility of the internet, we are now able to peek into other worlds. I have found that over the last 10 years, the dancing style of the Kaulia to increase in popularity with a non-Kaulia Iraqi ethnic groups. While this is very flattering and seemingly innocent, this type of appropriation glosses over the very real issues this minority group has experienced. Families not understanding or supporting their daughters as this is thought to be shameful dance and the lived experience of being a gypsy, having experienced war and atrocities, and other nuances that, again, will never fully be able to be understood because we are not from that region and we are not Iraqi. In an essay entitled Decolonization is Not a Metaphor by Eve Tuck and Kay Wayne Yang, they discuss external colonialism, which, quote, denotes the expropriation of fragments of indigenous worlds, animals, plants, and human beings, extracting them in order to transport them and to build the wealth, the privilege, or feed the appetites of the colonizers who get marked as the first world. To see Abed and Ibrahim interacting as female performers of this culture enhances the performance, 
giving it levels and meanings that a non-Iraqi performer cannot access by just learning the choreography. The use of decorative knives in this dance is often misunderstood by non-Iraqi audiences members who focus on the violence of it, missing the symbolism of lost love or the pain it embodies. While the internet and non-Iraqis have appropriated the style of kawliya dancing, they actually have also given space for the Iraqi kawliya to rise in esteem as an artist. Although it is not fully accepted within contemporary Iraqi society, it still has given national and international popularity, allowing Iraqis to have a sense of pride in having this as an artistic form that is recognized. As we have seen, Iraq has been shaped greatly by colonialism and war, but it is striving to maintain its rich musical culture. Through awareness of the past and present of Iraq's musical history, can it maintain its own future? Through using stories, traditional instruments, music theory, vocalization, and dance, it can bridge the gap of the past to its future and stay authentic to the sound. Thank you for joining me on this crash course of a little Iraqi history. Again, there will be a corresponding playlist, as well as a few articles linked on our Instagram page at headphoneson underscore. See you later.